When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Did you know Black and White Sports is the number one conservative sports entity on YouTube with over 35 million views? Make sure you subscribe here to the podcast available anywhere. Quality podcasts are available. Apple, iTunes, Google Podcasts, CastBox, Anchor, and Spotify, and many others. Hit subscribe now. You're tuning into... Black and white sports on YouTube. The no holds barred truth on sports. The main event starts now. I'm back. Rodrance for Black and White Live. We're going to talk about Michael Irvin. Now, I got to tell you, Michael Irvin is one of my all time favorite players. In fact, even though I'm a 49ers fan, Michael Irvin is my favorite wide receiver. Uh, yeah, I know he played for the Cowboys. I don't care. One of the most physically gifted wide receivers I've ever seen. Played physical. And much like guys like Tom Brady, much like guys like Brett Favre, Michael Irvin has always wanted to win at all costs. Okay? He would he laid it all out on the line, got his neck broke in Philadelphia, and it prematurely ended Michael's career. Well, he has come out and he has slammed the Dallas Cowboys because they're one of the teams that has not met the vaccination rate for uh, the Wuhan virus vaccine, okay, the jab. Well, he slammed it. He slammed the Cowboys, and then Buffalo Bills wide receiver Cole Beasley slammed him. So we're going to cover both, and this is pretty wild. Ex-Cowboy Michael Irvin lashes out at NFL players for refusing the COVID jab. Unvaccinated means you don't want to win. God, that seems stupid, Michael Irvin. With NFL training camps starting to open this week, 13 of the league's 32 teams were able to reach the 85% vaccine threshold, which allows for reduced COVID-19 restrictions. Look, personally speaking, I think it's ridiculous that they've got world-class athletes that are in their 20s and 30s under these uh, ridiculously restrictive uh, COVID policies. Okay, that's just my opinion, you know. Um the odds of anything bad happening to them, uh, the better shape you're in, et cetera, et cetera, tends to go down, okay? Uh, among the 19 teams that failed to reach the 85% mark is the Dallas Cowboys, angering their former star wide receiver and current NFL Network analyst, Michael Irvin. Also, like Michael is an analyst, he gets fired up. He's unapologetically pro-Cowboy, and I'm okay with that. It, it, it's... It leads to some ridiculous takes, but he's entertaining, and I want to be entertained if I'm watching a pregame show. The three-time Super Bowl champ is having a hard time relating to players who choose not to get vaccinated because he believes they should do whatever it takes to win. Look, Michael Irvin, you're not a doctor, man. Teams who hit the 85% vaccinated threshold will have a sizable advantage over those that don't reach the mark. It should upset them, Irving said of the Cowboys, according to Todd Archer of ESPN. 
Dude, you're not thinking right. You're not thinking right. Whatever you got, I don't give a damn. Nothing else can be more important. You're not going to get this winning a Super Bowl easily. Nothing else could be more important. Jimmy Johnson made that abundantly clear during Michael Irvin's playing career. Nothing else is more important. And I'm not being one of those teams says there are other things to a great number of players on this team that are more important than winning championships, and that makes me worried. Irving added that if he were in the locker room of a team that hasn't reached 85% threshold, he would be focused on trying to get teammates vaccinated. Michael Irvin, it's none of your damn business. God, what is it with this? If you're not one of those teams at the threshold, you're really thinking about winning a championship? Question mark. You see what I'm saying? Irving continued. Okay, so now if you're not getting vaccinated and you got all these other teams that are getting vaccinated, somebody in that damn locker room, hey man, you're gonna have to you're gonna have to have a chance. Are you vaccinated? Let's go through this because this could be a two week healthy dude missing games. And in this league, this ain't the NBA. <laughs> that is funny. In your league, that could be it could be it for you. The right person misses two weeks. That's it. Your ass is out. Okay, now, now, let's get to Cole Beasley. And this is from Florio. So he's a corona bro, and he is a pro. Oh, my God, the world's ending. Cole Beasley takes issue with Michael Irvin's link between vaccines and desires to win. And we just went over what Michael Irvin had to say. One player who has become the unofficial NFL's anti-vax movement spokesperson disagrees with Irving. Quote, that's not what that means, Bills receiver Cole Beasley tweeted in response to PFT's story regarding Irving's comments. You can be vaccinated and not do all the things, all the right things football-wise to be your best. He's not wrong there. All it means is players are going to be out there with COVID and we won't know because they will only get tested once a week so the NFL can make their money. Wow. Okay. Beasley facts are a little off. Vaccinated players will be tested every, once every two weeks, not every week. Unvaccinated players will be tested every single day. Are you kidding? We'll constantly be at risk of ending up on the COVID reserve list on Saturday or Sunday. If that happens to a key player... The team will have to pivot to a replacement. Also, yes, Beasley is absolutely right when he says the NFL wants to play its games and make its money. This allows players to make their money, too. After all, it's a multi-billion dollar for-profit enterprise, but the players, uh, for the players to get paid, the league needs to get paid. Beasley, who has made millions and will make several mil more millions this year, unless the bills cut him, and we got to watch that. It's going to be interesting to see if the Buffalo Bills cut Cole Beasley, who is a talented little slot receiver. But it's going to be interesting if he ends up getting cut. Shouldn't be complaining about the NFL making money. That becomes his salary. As to Beasley's contention that a player can be vaccinated and not do all the right things football-wise at your best, he's technically right. Irving's point is that players who are committed to maximum performance and availability will view the question of whether to get vaccinated not as a political statement or a potential implementation of microchips into their body, but as another box to check on the path to a potential championship. And if a player is able to set aside misinformation and other nonsense and get vaccinated in the name of winning, he's most likely 
uh, doing all he needs to do to help his team. Beasley's refusal is a clear connection between maximum vaccination rates and maximizing chances of competing against other NFL franchises. Shouldn't come as a surprise. Beasley has decided he's not getting the vaccine. And nothing anyone says can change his mind, no matter how logical or persuasive it may be. Oh, God. And here we go with Florio. That's the bigger problem the country currently faces. Those who refuse to get vaccinated will not suddenly say, hey, you're right, in response to constantly arguing from those who gotten the vaccine. It will require something bigger than that to get their attention. Okay, so anyway, you get the point. Florio's on the warpath, too. Well, the thing about it is, again, it's still the player's choice, should be the choice to get vaccinated. And i got to be real with you here. If I'm Cole Beasley and I'm in the locker room and some Yahoo comes through, like Michael Irvin, he's chirping about getting vaccinated, or he's up in my face about it, we're probably going to have an actual issue. Okay, same thing I've talked about before. I don't care. I don't care if you choose to get vaccinated or not vaccinated. Congratulations either way. You know what it's also not any of? My business. It's not my business whether you choose to get vaccinated or not. You make your own decisions as a human. All right? Now, the NFL, technically speaking, yeah, they can. Can they put these restrictions on you? We found out yesterday. They're adding pieces of flair on the vaccinated or unvaccinated players to make them visually stand out and be visually uh, distinctive between players. That's ridiculous. And it goes into a really creepy area. It's somewhat sinister, in my opinion. I'm sorry. I believe it's it, it feels wrong to make players stand out over whether or not they've chosen to do this vaccination or not. Again, I don't care if you do or not. It's none of my business. But that's the point. It's none of my business. Okay? And again, we're talking about world-class athletes here. All right? Guys, that if, if generally speaking, YouTube... If these guys get get the virus, they probably won't have any effects from it, okay, other than a runny nose. I don't know that for sure. I'm not a doctor, YouTube, but you get my point, okay? Um, You get my point. These guys are are probably not, it's not even going to be a hiccup to them, and it's going to move on with life. You know, I mean, that's that's my thing. Like I said, I've seen this recently with some people I know that are starting to go back into the office or they may have the chance to go back into their offices and their country, their, their, their company is starting to require showing proof of this. <sighs> really? You're asking for my cards now. Okay. Wow. I got to tell you, that doesn't feel like the kind of freedom that we're supposed to have in this country at all. It just doesn't. All right. I just don't, see that is anybody else's business okay it's it's eerily inside your bubble it's like walking up to a complete stranger and saying how many sexual partners have you ever had all of a sudden you want to turn around and say what that's none of your damn business that's the kind of personal this decision is okay i don't understand why people can't grasp that they honestly, honest to God, think it's their right to know what you have done. No. Tell me what you think, black and white live fans. 
If you're new to the channel, hit subscribe. We're trying to grow this as another extension of Black and White Sports. And of course, if you're listening on podcast, make sure you subscribe. We're available anywhere that major podcasts are available. Peace. I'm out. Till next time. Thanks for watching the show. Be sure to like, comment, and subscribe. Be sure to tune in next time on Black and White Sports. You're tuning into Black and White Sports on YouTube. The no-holds-barred truth on sports. The main event starts now. Black and White Sports fans, let's talk about our good old friend, Stephen A. Smith. Stephen A. Smith of ESPN, a.k.a. Walt Center, a.k.a. ESPCNN. For the past year, man, I believe that Stephen A. Smith has been one of the most woke people out there in the woke sports media. He really has. And he has a man that works across from him in Matt's Kellerman that is actually more woke than Stephen A. But I believe that Stephen A. Smith is probably he's probably surpassed Matt's Kellerman or uh, Mark's Kellerman, as my boy uh, Greg Foreman calls him from a black conservative perspective. But. Stephen A. Smith was very, very vocal and very, very critical of Steve Nash getting the Brooklyn Nets head coaching position because he was white. That was a problem for Stephen A. Smith. He had a problem with Steve Nash getting that job because he is white. Stephen A. Smith did not care about any of the qualifications of Steve Nash. It was strictly because of skin color. And folks, this is the problem with ESPN. This is why they are dying. They're so focused on identity politics. They are. It's gotten it's gotten so overboard that I actually thought that the Jamel Hill error of ESPN, I didn't think that could actually get any more woker. And Jamel Hill is not even there anymore. And folks, they have doubled down on the wokeness. You guys know this NBA Black Lives Matter all on the court last year in the NBA bubble. Stephen A. Smith has been screaming even at the black players. To get black coaches jobs strictly because they are black. Now, guys, check this out. Stephen A. Smith lauds NBA for hiring black head coaches and takes credit Nobody, quote, pushed this narrative more than me because, folks, seven out of the eight head coaches that have been hired so far. They have been black. okay? and this this is the problem here with uh, ESPN. Check this out. This is a tweet from SportsCenter. ESPN. Wes Unsell Jr. will be the seventh black head coach hired out of eight openings this offseason in the NBA. With a clapping hand emoji. You see their focus on the identity politics. Uh, Jamal Mosley, Willie Green, Jason Kidd, Wes Unsell Jr., Nate McMillan, Chauncey Billups, and Emmy Odoka. I believe that's where you pronounce the name. Those are seven of the eight head coaches. Why don't you actually um, have, have the other coach here? It's actually because he is white. So he's not in that club. And... The aid coach that was actually hired 
He's a really, really good coach, and he's been a very good coach for a long time. I'm talking about Rick Carlisle, the coach of the Indiana Pacers, longtime Dallas Mavericks coach, a very good coach. But let's move on. It says here, Stephen A. Smith has dedicated many segments to ESPN's first take to the lack of blackhead coaches in the NBA. So when it looks like there's a there's progress being made, he deserves some credit. And this website I'm on seems to be, you know, kind of left and like pro ESPN in a way. Smith previously called out the hiring of Steve Kerr and Steve Nash as examples of white privilege uh, being handed championship ready opportunities despite having zero NBA coaching experience. Now, they say Steve Kerr. Steve Kerr has been at the Warriors for a while, so I don't know if uh, Stephen A. Smith actually called called out Steve Kerr or the hiring of Steve Kerr. Actually, he may have because, because Steve Kerr took over the Warriors and they actually had Mark Jackson as the head coach. And Mark Jackson is a black man. He lost his job because I guess the Warriors could not get over the top. And we know what happened when Steve Kerr, a white man, got that position. Steve Kerr ended up winning three NBA titles. And Mark Jackson, um, he's been on TV. Mark Jackson's actually pretty good on TV. Now, Steve Nash, yes, he called that white privilege, even though the black players. And I'm talking about Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. They wanted Steve Nash. But Stephen A. Smith had a problem because Steve Nash is white. It says here, last month, Smith stormed offset after ranting and calling on NBA players to vouch for more blackhead coaches. But since the regular season ended, seven of the eight NBA head coaching vacancies were filled by black candidates. This is what Stephen A. Smith says, quote, it's incredibly significant. Smith said Monday on first take. I don't know of anybody that has pushed this narrative more than me as it pertains to African-Americans actually with black Americans, but not from Africa, needing the opportunities to be head coaches in the National Basketball Association. During the 2012-2013 season, a record 14 of the NBA's 30 head coaches were black. However, eight years later, the league went backwards with just seven of the NBA's 30 uh, head coaches being black for the start of the 2020-2021 NBA season. Now, see here, in 2012, 14, so almost half of the NBA coaches were black. And this was a non-story back then because we really weren't in the era of woke sports, BLM, you know, kneeling for Marxism. It wasn't like that back then. Nobody cared. I didn't even know. And the only reason that I know that seven of the eight coaches got jobs now is because ESPN Needs to push a narrative. I don't care about the number of uh, coaches. I just want the best people for the job. It goes on here. It says, quote, as it pertains to the NBA, a lead that's over 75 percent black. You would think that the paucity of opportunities that were being accorded to these guys would have hit the radar for folks long before I had to get on the air and literally go go to hell off about it. Smith told his co-host, Matt Kellerman. So a lead that's 75% black. Why is there not an uproar that the NBA doesn't have more 
Latino players. Why is there not an uproar that the league doesn't have more Asian players? Why? Because, you know, that doesn't fit the narrative. The narrative is, is that black players, black people in general, are victims and oppressed, even though we absolutely are not. And I believe that Stephen A. Smith has been a detriment to black people for the past year with all this woke garbage that he's actually spitting out there. I mean, the race baiting in sports has gotten out of control. Almost nobody calls out Jamel Hill for the crazy stuff that she says. Nobody's really been calling out Stephen A. Smith for the crazy stuff he's been saying. Of course, you know, us, uh, Outkick, Sports Wars, we're pretty much the only ones that will actually do, actually do it. And Stephen A. Smith is on TV right now, which uh, first takes ratings on the, on the trash can because nobody likes woke sports. And nobody cares about ESPN's first take because it is all political, all political, man. But of course, you know, Stephen A. Smith has to pat himself on the back. Now, what if Stephen A. Smith, these coaches do a terrible job? You know what's going to happen, right? They're going to end up losing their job. That's what's going to happen. And I do believe also that these teams actually did feel pressure to hire black coaches. They did, even though the black players were vouching for some of these white coaches. Stephen A. Smith, man, I I used to have a lot of respect for this guy. I did. I did. But Stephen A. Smith fell into the woke trap of ESPN. And he's gone downhill. I don't know if he can actually come back, guys. I really, really don't. That's just my thoughts on this. What do you guys think of this, black and white sports fans? Let us know what you think about all this in the comments. Make sure you subscribe to Black and White Sports. And we'll catch you next time. Thanks for watching the show. Be sure to like, comment, and subscribe. Be sure to tune in next time on Black and White Sports. First, here's a word from today's sponsor. Friends, I'm very concerned about food shortages coming to America. No, not local or short-lived shortages. I'm talking about a national food shortage that will affect everyone, everywhere, for a very long time. Would you be ready if that happened? Probably not. That's why I urge you to get some long-term storage emergency food from my friends at My Patriot Supply. They're the original Patriot Survival Company. Over the past decade, they've served millions of American families like yours. Their mission is your survival. And right now, you can save 25% on a four-week kit of emergency food that will save the day, probably soon. This four-week kit has a wide variety of delicious food that provides over 2,000 calories per day, the right amount for optimum survival. Go to preparewithblackandwhite.com so you can claim your four-week emergency food kit and save 25% in the process. Order a tasty starter kit for each member of your family, and they will ship everything quickly and discreetly to your door. That's preparewithblackandwhite.com. You're tuning into Black and White Sports on YouTube. The no-holds-barred truth on sports. The main event starts now. 
I'm back. Rodrance for Black and White Sports. Oh, ESPN has been trying to get some kind of deal done like this for Monday Night Football for quite some time. They know the likability of the Mannings, of the Manning brothers, and now they will have Eli Manning and Peyton Manning involved with Monday Night Football finally. We know... Well, they've got Peyton on this ESPN Plus uh, show that he's got. Eli has one coming as well involving college football. And the one thing I will say, I'm not the biggest Eli Manning fan as far as what he did on the field. But surprisingly, in the things that I have seen Eli involved with off the field, Eli is surprisingly sort of entertaining. It's kind of weird. I didn't expect it. I didn't expect a very dry, funny sense of humor. But he's got that. And Peyton is Peyton, okay? Peyton has also got that dry, sort of country draw sense of humor. We've seen it in those damn commercials with Brad Paisley all the time. Well, ESPN finally got the deal done to get them on a broadcast. And this is from... Adam Schefter just broke this news, literally. ESPN slash Disney, the Marxist Disney of China, partner with Peyton Manning and Omaha Productions. Okay. Peyton and Eli Manning headline an alternate Monday Night Football telecast. 2021, 2022, and 2023 NFL seasons. Ten games each season. Peyton and Eli from a remote location, so they don't even have to... They are so desperate to get this done, they got it done where they don't even have to come into a studio somewhere and do it. From a remote location, celebrities, including iconic and current players, will join in. We've seen something like this before, where they've got like a little round table. They've done it during college football with some of the biggest coaches during a national championship or a playoff game. New Monday Night Football Megacast offering its airs on ESPN2. Potential distribution across Disney properties, including ESPN+. Plus. My God, how are they growing ESPN Plus right now when everybody I know is getting themselves away from ESPN? Compliments traditional telecast on ESPN and or ABC, Steve Levy, Brian Greasy, Louis Riddick, Lisa Salters, and John Perry, produced in conjunction with over Omaha Productions. So, Peyton and Eli will make a little money off this besides just the money they're making from ESPN because it will help them grow their production company. Well, uh, something else to think about on this as well. Um i got to tell you, Steve Levy and Brian Greasy are actually, and, and one, of, one of the problems is, they don't, they're not big names. But far as calling football goes, Steve Levy and Brian Greasy are really good. Um, I listened to them last year, and I thought, you know, this is far and away the best they've had since, uh, was it Tarico and John Gruden, I guess, that were the last ones on there while John before John went to the Raiders, before Tarico went to the NBC? Um, 
they're good. They 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 uh, called the ESPN. I believe it's their second biggest college game every week, second or third. Brian Greasy and Steve Levy, and they also called XFL games on ESPN. Their lead F- XFL game. They were really good during XFL games. Uh, so and they're good during college as well. So I listened. When I watched last year, and i got to be honest with you, I missed quite a few Monday Night Football games because I didn't love the things that were happening during the commercials of these ESPN games, okay? Um, it, and it wasn't actual NFL commercials. It was ESPN commercials. And it was just a lot of, if I'm just keeping it real here, it, it was a lot of social justice nonsense, and I just didn't want to see it. I didn't want to look up and see uh, Harry Edwards, a, soci- uh, a, a socialist, on my screen while I'm trying to watch Monday Night Football. I don't need that political messaging. Oddly enough, you're not going to get political messaging from Peyton and Eli. I mean, pretty sure we know what side of the fence they're on, uh, which has always kind of been surprising about Peyton and ESPN making this connection together. But they did make it regardless. They finally got Peyton to call or speak about, and Eli, to call or speak about Monday night football games. Also, let us recognize the fact that ESPN, as my dad would say, is trying to pull a little shitty here. ESPN's Monday Night Football ratings have been declining, okay? Especially during the first half of seasons. Well, as long as they have all these mega casts, they get to roll all these broadcasts into one rating. All right, last year, they pulled a little shitty. They were broadcasting on ESPN and on ABC, okay? And did that bump their ratings? Absolutely. Because ABC is free network television. And I guarantee you they're going to put quite a few games on ABC because as part of what the NFL wants, the NFL wants those Monday Night Football back on free TV. That's where they feel like their games of the week belong, NBC, Fox, whatever, on uh Various nights, that's where they want their big games is on free network television. Okay, we talked about it the other day, uh, maybe on a live video, was the fact that there are still many, many, many more millions of homes to reach on free antenna television than there is even ESPN. Peace. I'm out. Till next time. Thanks for watching the show. Be sure to like, comment, and subscribe. Be sure to tune in next time on Black and White Sports. You're tuning into Black and White Sports on YouTube. The no-holds-barred truth on sports. The main event starts now. I'm back. Rodrance for Black and White Sports. Let's talk about... Space Jam 2, the search for Chinese dollars, as it seems that one of our favorites, Skip Bayless, has come out and told it like it is when it comes to the China James wannabe classic. Okay? Now, look, all the wokey wokes, all of LeBron's shields, all of LeBron's stands, 
they they took the time to get up off their knees and go see Space Jam 2, The Search for Chinese Dollars, and then they rushed over to Rotten Tomatoes so they could pump up the audience score. Because let's be real, people there are going to be more honest, a little bit more objective when it comes to LaChina James, LeBron James, uh, LaWoke James. We probably weren't going to see this movie anyway, okay? Let's be real. And would I have seen it? Look, two years ago, would I have watched Space Jam 2? Already. Absolutely. Absolutely. My son is a big Looney Tunes fan. So am I. No way in hell we're watching this movie. No way in hell we're supporting this movie. There's not a chance. Well, Skip Bayless has come out and absolutely destroyed this movie. What surprisingly is he gave it a C and then really destroyed the movie. I'm like, Skip, this seems more like an F. But we find out why he gave it a C, and it's certainly not because of LaChina. Very quickly, let's listen to Mr. Matrix about Javi Coffee. Let's talk about today's sponsor, Javi Coffee. Javi Coffee is the way I love to start off my morning. I work very, very hard for you guys to put out the best content possible. And I get my energy from Javi Coffee. Would you like to have that same energy that I have every single morning? Well, you should try Javi Coffee. And for you guys, you can actually get three bottles of Javi Coffee for only $16.95 per unit. Each bottle contains 30 servings. It will save you so much money from going to your local coffee shop. And by the way, folks, it actually tastes even better. You can use sugar. You can use monk fruit. I'm a low carb person. I don't like the carbs. This is keto friendly. And guys, it is super easy to make. Just put water in your cup. Add one teaspoon or two teaspoons of Javi coffee. Mix it up. Use whipped cream, sugar, monk fruit, whatever. And folks, it tastes absolutely amazing. So check out the link in the description or the pinned comment and get Javi coffee delivered to you today. Skip Bayless blast LeBron James. Space Jam as big, loud, overlong mess compares his acting to a first-timer in a high school play. Oh, that's glorious. Fox Sports host Skip Bayless has a documented history of being a LeBron James critic. Especially the 69-year-old Bayless has nothing nice to say about LeBron's version of Space Jam 2, The Search for Chinese Dollars. A PG movie geared towards kids. You're noticing this a little bit from the media. Even the media is spinning back at its own critics right now, trying to say, oh, but this is a kids movie. Well, one could argue Looney Tunes has been around since we were all kids. Okay? And, uh, you know... We grow up with pop culture. We want to stay engaged, generally speaking. I would want to watch something with the Looney Tunes in it, except, except, and I watched Looney Tunes with my son right now. Not the new Looney Tunes. Man, they're weird looking. But we would watch this if it wasn't LaChina James. Quote, I kept dozing off because it's two hours long, which is too long, Bayless said, telling his undisputed co-host, Shannon Sharp, how he and his wife watched Space Jam 2, A New Legacy, or The Search for Chinese Dollars. Quote, because LeBron is a nice guy, 
Is he, Skip? Is he? I kind of think he's a despicable human being, but okay. I'm going to be a nice guy today and give his new movie a C. I thought it was... That's pretty generous. Bayless adds, crediting his generous grade to LeBron James's co-star, Don Cheadle. Let's be honest. Don Cheadle's a phenomenal actor. He's a great actor. It's no surprise that he would carry Space Jam to the search for Chinese dollars. To me, the new Space Jam is no closer to the original than LeBron is to Michael Jordan, the basketball player. <laughs> the new Space Jam in the end, comes off as a big, loud, overlong mess of a movie. I heard it was way too long. Way too long. A big-budget movie that is trying so hard that it tried too hard to be the original or, the, or top the original. LeBron cannot beat Michael Jordan or beat Michael Jordan, and I think he lost badly once again to Michael Jordan in this movie. LeBron's Space Jam was mocked by many older analysts and sports fans, with critics giving it a 31% on Rotten Tomatoes. But the audience was much more generous, scoring at 81% on the same movie review site, helping Space Jam become a box office hit as the number one grossing movie in its first weekend. Once again, monumental failure by Black Widow, so it could happen, but okay. If you watch the Space Jam movies back-to-back, like we did, Bayless continued. You'll find that Jordan was far better at playing himself than LeBron was at playing himself. He can't even play himself. God, that's terrible. Michael Jordan comes off as a completely comfortable, compl- as completely comfortable playing Michael Jordan. He's cooler. He's funnier. He's completely in control. Hmm, much like the player. LeBron kept coming across as trying so hard to look, everybody, I'm acting. Yeah, with LeBron, it's always look at me. He came off as a like a first-timer in a high school play, Bayless said, of the Lakers superstar. Like a first-timer in a high school play. Look, I mean, come on. Let's be real. Uh we knew, like I said a minute ago, we knew there was going to be LeBron stands. Look, LeBron, LeBron defenders come through this. This They'll come through this video and, oh, LeBron, greater than Michael Jordan, blah, blah, blah. Well, that statement in itself is moronic. Okay, so we just sort of discount that. Look, look the first Space Jam is classic. It's an absolute classic. But Michael Jordan was likable, okay? He was so much more likable. And Skip Bayless says right here, I'm grading this because Don Cheadle was phenomenal in it. Well, I mean, yeah, Don Cheadle is a fantastic actor. He is. Uh, I like Don Cheadle. Hell, we were talking MCU. I mean, come on. War Machine. He's great as War Machine in the Avengers movies. Uh, In the Captain America movies, the Iron Man movies. Great. Don Cheadle's a phenomenal actor. Um, And, of course, they would get somebody like Don Cheadle to try to carry a film uh, that is so poorly acted by somebody like LeBron James. Not a surprise. Again, we never thought for a second that this movie probably wasn't going to be the number one movie in the country. Um, Sure it was. And the fact that it's front-loaded because people could watch it on HBO Max. All right. Um, But, again, 
don't think for a second it wasn't a priority to try to prop up this movie in the first week. I'm very interested to see what this looks like in its second week. And while we're celebrating it, I mean, let's be honest. I heard Black Widow was dog shit. Okay, it's part of the Marvel Chinese universe, right? Uh, I heard it was terrible, all right? But what did it make? 80 or $90 million this first weekend, and this made $32 million? Are we sure that's just brave and stunning and courageous? I'm not sold on that. What do you guys think? Uh, so, anyway, we will be here to c- continue to keep it real about Space Jam 2. I love the fact that Skip Bayless... We know he's unapologetic. We like that, like Charles Barkley. Uh, we like the fact that Skip Bayless will keep it real. We like the fact that Skip Bayless is not afraid to push back against LeBron James while all these other media members are going to worship him like Nick Wright, not Skip Bayless. Colin Cowherd to worship him, not Skip Bayless. Peace. I'm out. Not black and white sports. Till next time. Thanks for watching the show. Be sure to like, comment, and subscribe. Be sure to tune in next time on Black and White Sports. You're tuning into Black and White Sports on YouTube. The no-holds-barred truth on sports. The main event starts now. Going back, Rodranth for Black and White Sports. We're going to talk about LaFraud James, LaChina James, LaWoke James, LaBronda James. As it seems like, there's a rumor out there. I don't know how much credence there is to it. But there's a rumor out there suggesting that CP3, Chris Paul, and Carmelo Anthony, yeah, that Carmelo Anthony of Syracuse, good God, although I have to say this, Carmelo's become a pretty good role player. Um, yeah, at least so I've heard. I haven't been watching the NBA, but you get the point. Uh, I've heard he's a pretty good role player now. Um, I wonder if he's still sh- uh, throwing up 39, 39 shots to score 14 points. Is that still happening? Let me know in the comment section. If you watch the Marxist NBA of China and have kept up with Carmelo Anthony. Well, there's a pretty big rumor out there about... CP3, Carmelo Anthony, and LaChina James. That's right. It's kind of ridiculous. But, hey, we're going to talk about it, and I'll give you my take on it, because I don't know that I love the fit, but if you're trying to put together an all-NBA injury team, well, this might be the team for you. I don't know. Very quickly, I am wearing our Media is the Real Virus t-shirt. Oh, by the way... This would be a reunion of the Banana Boat Squad. That's right, an all-Banana Boat NBA team. And because of that, you can use promo code BANANABOAT for 25% off the next two days on this shirt or any other shirt in the good old merch store. The Sports Rush. Banana Boat Reunion in L.A. What? Chris Paul and Carmelo Anthony to join forces with LaChina James on the Lakers if the Suns lose the NBA Finals, according to NBA Insider. God, I hope I hope, I hope Chris Paul can pull it out. NBA Insider at Bali Sports Network. What is that? Brandon Scoop B. Robinson 
recently spoke about the potential of the banana boat teaming up in L.A. We've heard that before, haven't we? Point guard Chris Paul clinched his first ever NBA Finals berth. The 36-year-old had a roller coaster postseason with injuries, the league's health and safety protocols causing him to miss a couple of games. Despite this, the 11-time All-Star had phenomenal performances, has averaged 18.8 points a game. However, the veteran has had some poor performances in the finals, which resulted in the Suns blowing a initial 2-0 lead. CP3 signed a four-year contract worth $150 mil in 2018-19. Though the contract ends in 2022, Chris Paul has a player option this offseason. The Trailblazers forward Carmelo Anthony has turned out to be one of the great role players in the league, making key contributions for the Blazers during this clutch time. Are the Blazers having a house cleaning? Because I keep hearing Damian Lillard is like going to the 76ers or going to the Knicks. The former scoring champion has accepted a role coming off the bench gracefully. The 10-time All-Star signed a one-year $2 million deal. In 2020-2021, this, this coming offseason, Melo is a free agent again. Brandon Robinson states reasons as to why CP3 and Melo should join forces with LaChina in L.A. Good God. According to Robinson, in, if CP3 is unable to win a title this year, the veteran should definitely exercise his player option this year. The four times assist leader should join LA, the L.A. Lakers in pursuit of a championship. This would be a win-win for both parties. The Lakers have been wanting to get rid of their current point guard, Dennis Schroeder, for quite some time. The arrival of Paul would make the Lakers a complete team in the quest for a championship. Would it? This would be quite ironic considering how Paul was going to be part of the team in 2011. However, the trade was later vetoed by then-commissioner, David Stern, rest in peace. We sure do miss you leading the NBA considering that uh, testicleless turd by the name of Adam Silver that's leading the league now. Carmelo Anthony, who would be a free agent this offseason, could clearly decide where he wants to go, but the Lakers would have an ideal destination for the 10 times All-Star. Melo was about to sign with the Lakers in 2019, as many rumors suggested. But LeBron's groin injury and his first season with the franchise were some of the reasons why Melo couldn't land in L.A. Melo would be a great recruit who, for the Lakers who lack shooting on their roster. That's true. The veteran has averaged 23 points on 44.7% shooting in his 18-year career and is an impressive three-point shooter. The 2021-22 NBA season would be the ultimate opportunity for the banana boat to team up especially considering the age of all these superstars in, uh, I guess, in concern. Okay. In question, maybe? I, I don't know what they're trying to say there. Look, I got to be real here. That's a horrible chemistry fit. It's terrible. Chris Paul, one of the best point guards in the league, teaming up with LeBron James, LaChina James, who's one of the best... Good Lord, he's so confused as to what position he wants to play. Teaming up with a point forward in LeBron James, and then you got a ball hog, brick-shooting Carmelo Anthony out there. 
does these guys realize that in the NBA they only play with one ball? Because there would not be enough basketballs to go around for all these guys to remain happy. I'm sorry, these guys may supposedly be friends. I think they would be feuding. You would have infighting by the All-Star break. That's my belief on that. Uh, there's just not enough of there's not enough of the rock to go around. Okay, there's just not, especially with Anthony on the team. Now, there's something else that should be noted here. Are these guys supposed to stay healthy? Really? Is there a reason LeBron can't play with anybody that's under the age of say, I don't know, 29? And if you're Chris Paul, do you really leave Devin Booker, one of the brightest stars, up and coming stars in the Marxist NBA of China? You want to leave Devin Booker to go play with uh, what's look? He's look. LeBron's getting old. Pretty soon he's going to need a cane out there. He's going to be shuffling around like Yoda from The Empire Strikes Back. Eh, eh, eh. I mean, come on, think about that. I don't know. If I was Chris Paul, I wouldn't do that. I would stay with the Suns. I'd re-sign with the Suns. You've got a great young superstar down there in Phoenix. Plus, you don't have all the baggage of LaChina James coming along with you. And let us not forget, I made a video about two weeks ago where it was pretty obvious Chris Paul, CP3, was taking a shot at LaChina James over all the bitching and the pissing and the moaning about the play-in tournament and all of that, well, guess what? The play-in tournament's coming back is again. So, I mean, he basically said, look, LeBron, you could have been in on those meetings and you were nowhere to be found, but here you are running your mouth. I'm not too sure those guys get along as well as they formerly did. Now, Carmelo Anthony, on the other hand, him and LeBron are out uh, carousing around. Uh, LeBron was like, at some basketball game, snuck some liquor in or something. I don't know what the hell is going on. Uh, but you get the point. Yeah, they were out watching high school basketball somewhere. LeBron James, Carmelo Anthony, just like a day ago, together. Yeah, so, look, could I see Melo showing up? Once again, a superstar that's ancient showing up with LeBron. But CP3, I don't buy that. I don't buy it at all. Tell me what you think, black and white sports fans, Make sure you subscribe to the podcast. It's growing like mother. I mean, it is growing. And subscribe to this channel if you're new. Peace. I'm out. Till next time. Thanks for watching the show. Be sure to like, comment, and subscribe. Be sure to tune in next time on Black and White Sports. Let's talk about today's sponsor, Javi Coffee. Javi Coffee is the way I love to start off my morning. I work very, very hard for you guys to put out the best content possible. And I get my energy from Javi Coffee. Would you like to have that same energy that I have every single morning? Well, you should try Javi Coffee. And for you guys, you can actually get three bottles of Javi Coffee for only $16.95 per unit. Each bottle contains 30 servings. It will save you so much money from going to your local coffee shop. And by the way, folks, it actually tastes even better. You can use sugar. You can use monk fruit. I'm a low carb person. I don't like the carbs. This is keto friendly. And guys, it is super easy to make. Just put water in your cup. Add one teaspoon or two teaspoons of Javi coffee. Mix it up. Use whipped cream, sugar, monk fruit, whatever. And folks, it tastes 
absolutely amazing. So check out the link in the description or the pinned comment and get Javi Coffee delivered to you today. You're tuning into Black and White Sports on YouTube. The no-holds-barred truth on sports. The main event starts now. Black and White Sports fans, if you want to portray yourself as a victim in the media, you will cash in. You will definitely cash in if you are a minority. Because we already know that the media has an agenda and sports has become so woke. Everything is racially motivated. And I believe that's a very, very bad thing for sports in general. So in this video here, we're going to be talking about Naomi Osaka again because she is back in the news. Remember, she did not want to fulfill her media obligations at the French Open. She was actually fined fifteen thousand dollars. And she played the victim card. And what happened? You actually had people out there in the media screaming racism. Racism. And this is ridiculous. I mean, this is almost like a Colin Kaepernick type of victimhood. Remember Colin Kaepernick, you know, the communist that actually loves Cuba. He was portraying himself as a victim because the NFL, he couldn't get a job. And it had all to do with, you know, his play actually declining. But of course, you know, He had to portray himself as some kind of a victim of the racist NFL. So Naomi Osaka, same way, because Colin Kaepernick did cash in. He has a lot of endorsement deals and Naomi Osaka is no different, folks. No different whatsoever. So check this out. Introvert Naomi Osaka can't talk to the media, but she's on the SI swimsuit cover. Now, In a nutshell, I don't care about her actually being on the cover of uh, SI at all. But the thing is, remember, she's supposed to be a very, very shy person that's not comfortable with the media whatsoever. But however, ever since she left the French Open, she has been cashing in. And we even dive into this in this article here on on OutKick. It says here what a horrible year has been for 23 year old Naomi Osaka who quit at the French Open after she refused to do post-match interviews and then pulled out of Wimbledon to deal with anxiety and depression. Now, was she actually doing that? Because she's been doing a whole lot of stuff since the uh, the French Open. But anyway, you think that Naomi Osaka would have gone into isolation to get her head straight? Nope. She's on the cover of Sports Illustrated Swimsuit Issue which hits newsstands around the world Monday morning. This is words from Naomi Osaka herself when it comes to her personality. She says this, quote, anyone that knows me knows I'm introverted. And anyone that sees me at the tournaments will know, will notice that I'm often wearing headphones as that helps dull my social anxiety. Osaka's team wrote, in a May Instagram statement, boy. So she's supposed supposed to be an introvert, but uh, she's doing a whole bunch of other stuff instead of actually dealing with her social anxiety. Folks, she actually has a Netflix documentary coming out. It even says it here. Netflix documentary, Fashion Deals, the Barbie she's now promoting, the Vogue cover. Yep, she was on Vogue, Vogue as well. 
the interviews created by her marketing team, and now this swimsuit issue. Now, folks, check this out. Does this look like somebody that has some type of a social anxiety issue doing all of this stuff during her hiatus away from Wilmington and the French Open? Because she's not very good on those surfaces. This does not look like somebody that's a victim, even though she's been portrayed as a victim. Now, I really don't care about her actually being on the SI cover. No, more power to you. Do what you got to do. But she went down the victimhood route to pretty much, I believe, get these opportunities. I mean, if you disagree with me on that, you know, you can make your case in the comment section below. Look, Look at this. This is not a person that is a victim. She is cashing in because right now in sports, you can portray yourself as a victim and you can cash in. And guess what, guys? Naomi Osaka is the highest paid female athlete on the planet. She makes even more money than Serena Williams, who's also always out there trying to portray herself as a victim. I mean, Serena Williams even tried to portray herself as a as a victim when she actually played Naomi Osaka in, um, I believe it was the U.S. Open Final 2018. She criticized criticized the umpire that uh, they, I believe she got a fault or something like that. And Serena went off talking about, uh, are you doing this because I'm a woman and all this other stuff. And she completely, you know, destroyed Naomi Osaka's victory over her. And Naomi Osaka destroyed Serena Williams in that final. But now. She's pretty much doing the same thing. Professional victimhood pays off. This is why she probably dropped out of the uh, the French Open. This is probably why she dropped out of Wimbledon. And I'm pretty sure she's going to return to the hard courts for the U.S. Open because she is a very, very good hard court player. But this is what victimhood looks like. You cash in. You cash in. This is what victimhood does folks this is what it does this is the woke sports world that we live in right now if you portray yourself as a victim you will cash in you will cash in and the media they're going to play a role they're going to call your tournaments racist for finding you or potentially suspending you for not doing your job These corporations, they love that. And Naomi Osaka is cashing in. That's just my thoughts on this. What do you guys think of this, black and white sports fans? Let us know what you think about all this in the comments. Make sure you subscribe to Black and White Sports. And we'll catch you next time. Thanks for watching the show. Be sure to like, comment, and subscribe. Be sure to tune in next time on Black and White Sports. You're tuning into Black and White Sports on YouTube. The no-holds-barred truth on sports. The main event starts now. All right, Black and White Sports fans, we're going to talk about Major League Baseball. Uh, what, we, what we're going to be talking about today, I actually found out about this this morning when I was actually on Sports Wars. Uh, you guys know I do Sports Wars uh, live stream every Sunday with uh, Ryan and Jeremy over on the, their channel. And one of the things that actually came up that we talked about was 
the Red Sox and Yankees game that happened last night. And it wasn't about the game. It was about an incident that happened during the game. During the game, Red Sox outfielder Alex Verdugo was actually hit in the back by a fan in the stands. And he was extremely upset. He looked like he wanted to go up there and just beat up whatever fan actually threw the baseball in his back because that can really hurt folks. I mean, throwing a baseball at somebody and they're not seeing it, it can really, really hurt. Okay. So we talked about that and the fans in the stands actually turned on him. They said, yep, it was this guy and security escorted him out of the ballpark. So now folks, we have some news about this story now. Yankees fan banned for life after reckless Alex Verdugo incident. He's not banned just from Yankee Stadium. He is banned from every single Major League Baseball park. And I believe this was probably the right call. It says here on the New York Post, the Yankee Stadium fan who threw a ball that hit Red Sox left fielder Alex Verdugo on Saturday night has a has attended his last his last game in the Bronx or any other MLB stadium. The Yankees banned the fan for life from Yankee Stadium and MLB banned him from his 29 of the ballparks. A team spokesman uh, su- said Sunday following an ejection after the incident that took place in the sixth inning of Saturday's game. Quote, why do Yankees appreciate the spirit and passion of our fans in our our various robberies, especially with the Red Sox? Of course, you know, that's the biggest robbery. Reckless, disorderly and dangerous behavior that puts the safety of players, field staff or fellow fans in jeopardy will not be tolerated. The the Yankees said in a statement, there's absolutely no place for it at Yankee Stadium. The safety of everyone in Yankee Stadium including guests in the stands and players on the field will always be the top priority for the Yankees organization. Every time we open our doors. And if you're looking here, you can actually see Alex Fiducci in uh, this picture here standing in the outfield. I'm not exactly sure if that's when he was actually hit or not, but uh, if I was to, let me go ahead and I'm going to refresh this here for you guys, because you can actually see his reaction. And this is the uh, the, the clip from uh, from yesterday where security catches a Yankees fan who hit Red Sox Alex Verdugo with a ball. And it's actually running an ad here. But after this ad runs, you'll be able to see he has to be held back. He's extremely upset and furious. I would be, too. I mean. If he got hit in the head, you can, you guys see right there, right here. You you can see he's pointing pointing to the stands, right there, and uh, that was that was just taking it way 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 too far right there. I mean, I'm all for you know robberies. I'm all for that, but fans that absolutely should not be engaging with the players like that at all. So I guess you know he can only watch uh his favorite Yankees now on TV. He's banned from all ballparks. Actually, I always wondered how how um, baseball MLB actually enforces that, you know, because what if somebody else just buys him a ticket and um, they show their tickets when they go in? How do they actually enforce that? Do they keep a, a record of pictures of people and um, spread them across all 
uh, 30 MLB teams? Maybe so. Maybe that's just the way it goes. I'm not really sure. But that's just my thoughts on this. What do you guys think of this? Black and white sports fans. Yankees fan ban for life. After throwing a baseball into the back of Alex Fuego. Verdugo. I mispronounced his name. Verdugo of the Boston Red Sox. Let us know what you think about this in the comments below. And check out blackandwhitenetwork.com. Grab a membership today. Membership plans to start at $5 per month. Check the pinned comment or check the link in the description. Anyway, guys, let's know what you think about all this in the comments. Make sure you subscribe to Black and White Sports. And we'll catch you next time. Thanks for watching the show. Be sure to like, comment, and subscribe. Be sure to tune in next time on Black and White Sports.